Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. There are links to places you can hear our podcast, look at our book, shop our Amazon store, and more, including Twitter and YouTube. Thank you for being with me today. I always appreciate it. When we moved back from California when I was a little kid, five years old, we lived out on the Cottonwood. It was a little place outside of town. We had an old barn and some sheds. We were out there all by ourselves. That's where I had my donkey, Jenny. But we lived there a short time, and it was during the time my folks were building our house in town up on the hill. And when we moved into the house on the hill, all we had was the basement. It looked like a little igloo in the wintertime before the folks added on to the house several times to what the finished product was. We owned that house and about half of the block to the west. So there's a big vacant field right next door to us to our west. And then some cliffs that uh, we used to jump off of when we were boys. And then another small lot to the street there. The reason my dad could buy half a block inside city limits and afford it was up there on top of the hill. Nobody lived there because that was a big old junkyard. And he bought it and he cleaned that junkyard up and made a great place to put a house. Well, from the time we moved in to the time I went to school, my dad must have sold the lot right next door to our house to the west and they moved a big red house in from downtown. They moved it all the way up the hill, set it on a basement, and a family moved in. It was a man and his wife, and they had two daughters. One of the daughters was named Mary Ellen, and she was my age, and Mary Ellen and I became best buddies, really. She was kind of my girlfriend. I remember one time in about first grade, Randy told me, Did he like Mary Ellen? And I said, you can't like her. She's my next door neighbor. They also had a daughter named Linda. And Linda was a few years older than us. What I remember about Linda the very most was she had a Palomino horse. I have no idea where she kept the horse. Maybe she kept it in the backyard. I really don't know. I can't remember. Their dad was a very nice man, and I don't know if he was a vet or what. I really don't know, and the reason I say this is we had a cat, and she came home one day after being gone a couple days, and she had rubber bands wrapped around her neck real tight. They were cutting into her skin and about to strangle the cat, and we got Mary Ellen's dad over there, and he operated on the cat and got those rubber bands out, doctored her up, So we didn't have to take the cat down to the vet. One time he took Mary Ellen and me swimming up at the pool 10 miles away, the old hot springs pool, indoor pool. And I remember Mary Ellen went into the ladies room to put on her bathing suit. And Mary Ellen's dad and I went into the men's room. And when he took his clothes off, he didn't have any legs. He had a couple prosthetic legs. And he walked out there on his stumps, basically above his knee, dove into the water. He was a great, great swimmer. I imagine he had been injured in the World War II. But as a six or seven, eight-year-old boy, it was amazing to me. 
I, I didn't even know what to say or what to think. Or I do believe I talked to him about it or he talked to me about it. That was the first time I ever remember seeing somebody different than me, if you know what I mean. There are a lot of men back then that were missing a limb here or there. I had several friends that their dads had one arm, and that was due to World War II more than anything. But I never run across a guy like Clint that had both of his legs gone. That man did not let that stop him or even slow him down. For a little boy, that was a big thing. But what I take from that the very, very most is what a great swimmer the man was. He was so strong in his upper body. He swam like a fish, really. It was an amazing, fun evening there with Mary Ellen and her dad and me swimming. They lived in that house for several years, and then one day they moved. And I never, ever saw Mary Ellen again. After a while, a new family moved in. And I remember they were moving in the front door. And Connie and John and I were playing baseball in their backyard. And I was pitching and Connie was catching and Brother John was batting. And he hit the ball. This house is a pretty big house. It's two stories plus a basement. Plus, I think there was a story on top that was like real small rooms and storage and attic maybe, if I could remember correctly. And on the top floor, John busted a window. I looked around, and all of a sudden, John and Connie were nowhere to be seen. They took off, and I had to go in and get my ball. I went to the back door, very nervous. I didn't know these people at all. And a man answered the door, and he asked if he could help me. I told him I was from next door, and my brother, I put it on him, busted his window and I pointed up there and I need to get my ball man said that's fine come with me and I followed him all the way upstairs and we found my ball in this little little bitty room with a broken window he didn't yell at me he didn't frown at me he didn't question me while we were playing baseball in his backyard he didn't tell me never to play baseball in his backyard again he's more interested in helping me find my ball well, after I got back outside with my baseball and I thanked him, I figured my folks would hear about it pretty quickly. I believe about 40 years later, I told my mom and she had never heard about me busting their window. Those folks never put me in the trick bag, never ratted me out, never blamed me for breaking their stuff and not replacing it or anything. The man's name was Fred and his wife's name was Carolyn. About that time, they must have had one child. She turned out to be my sister's age. Her name's Holly, and Fred and Carolyn lived next door to us for all the years I was growing up, and then many more after that. They ended up having seven kids, if I'm not mistaken. Four of those were in the form of two sets of twins. Beside Fred and Carolyn and Holly, we had Shelley and Mike and Pat and Lori and Becky and Bobby. They lived next door to us, plus Fred and his father-in-law ran the Ford garage, which was right next door to my dad's grocery store down in town. So Fred and his family were always neighbors of ours everywhere we went. We always drove Ford cars 
Fred and Carolyn always bought their groceries at my dad's store. They were very good neighbors. Carolyn was turned in to be my mother's very best friend. Their little routine as the kids got older was one of them would go over to the other one's house for coffee. they sit there and drink coffee for a while. Then the other one would have to go home eventually. And they'd stop at the fence between the houses, talk for a long time, stand there leaning on the fence, talking. Then they'd finally make it home and talk to each other on the phone. Used to drive my dad crazy. We didn't have call waiting and all that back in those days. And he'd try to call my mother for something and phone would be busy. She was either talking to one of her sisters or her mother or Carolyn on the phone. Carolyn was my mom's best friend. There's no doubt about it. At my mother's funeral years later, we were honored to have Carolyn speak. Kids all grew up, went their separate ways. I keep track of a couple of them, friends with them on Facebook and whatever. One of the daughters, Lori, worked for us when we owned our department store back in the day. Fred just turned 90 here in the last month. 90 years old, still going strong. I saw him a couple, three years ago at my uncle's funeral. He is always such a good businessman. If I wanted to buy a pickup truck, I'd, I'd find Fred, not his father-in-law. Fred would deal with you much easier. Wasn't as intimidating as his father-in-law. That was a successful Ford auto dealership, I do believe. The houses still stand up on the hill side by side. Fred and Carolyn painted that old red house white shortly after they moved in. The new owners have painted it a dark gray and it's well kept and a nice looking place up there. It's funny how you remember things as you've grown up, remembering back all the good things about your neighbors. I don't think many people are so blessed to only have good memories of their neighbors and not bad ones. And that happened to us by having Fred and Carolyn and their family living next door to us and blessed us with sharing our lives next door to each other for so many, many years. I've always been curious about old Mary Ellen. Always wondered what happened to her. But it was meant to be that we lived next door to Fred and Carolyn and their family. I wouldn't have had it any other way. As you enter into our backyard, I went to the back of the yard and opened the back gate and went across the alley. You dip down into a gully that the grass was always very tall. When I was little and I'd sit down and the grass was much taller than me and we could play in there and nobody could see us. It was almost like being in a little fort. I remember my brother John and my brother Don and I playing down there. I remember Mary Ellen and me sitting in that tall grass, talking, thinking that was the coolest thing. I'd crawl around on my belly, look out over the grass, survey the whole gully, and I knew nobody could see me. One time, there's a huge rain and it was very late winter, early spring, probably April, maybe the first part of May. We'd have snow clear up to about Memorial Day usually. 
and the gully filled with water. I don't ever remember that ever happening. And it looked like a big pond. And I begged my mom, can I get my flippers and my snorkel and go out into the gully and, and check it out? She wouldn't let me, of course. The water is very dirty, a lot of runoff, everything. I believe it was going down that hill skiing one winter because you had to go down a hill when you passed the alley and Connie fell and we could hear her screaming and I looked at John and John looked at me and we couldn't see Connie from where we were standing. We said, let's go down and pick up the pieces. Sure enough, there were pieces. She had broken her leg, took everything we had in us for John and me and my grandma put Connie on a sled and pull her out of there. I always felt bad that I kind of shook my head and said, let's pick up the pieces when she was actually injured very, very badly. She walked around with a limp for months and months after she got out of her cast. I remember playing that gully in the wintertime, the ice and the snow, then coming in and watching Bob Cousy and Bill Russell on TV playing basketball against Bob Pettit, playing the St. Louis Hawks. I always liked Bob Cousy. And I always wondered why Bill Russell didn't shoot more. I mean, he dominated everything. I'd watch him and Wilt Chamberlain go head to head, toe to toe, chin to chin. Well, always had more size on him, but I think Russell was tougher. That was in the days when I really enjoyed the NBA. Come in, your pants are frozen, stiff, snot's running down your lips. Your mom says, why don't you zip up your coat when you're outside? Your ears feel like if you hit them hard, they'll fall off. You strip out of all those frozen clothes. Sit there with some hot chocolate watching Don Nelson driving the lane, wondering why Gil Goodrich shot with the left hand. I loved that gully. It was a great place to hang out on a summer afternoon. Summers in that country, days would get to about the high of 70. Nice, dry, crisp air. Just lay in that grass and not worry about bugs or anything there. Looking at the clouds, crawling around, pretend like nobody can see you, nobody in the world know where you're at. Today, there's a big, big log house there. They filled that gully in, built that home. The house almost looks like it's out of place in town there. Looks like it should be out on the side of a mountain somewhere. When I drive around the block looking and surveying my parents' house whenever I go back there, maybe once every three or four years anymore, I see that log house and all I can see is the gully where I spend a big part of a summer day every summer, every summer, every summer till I probably got to be about 13, 14 years old. It was a good place and it'll always be in my heart. For what it's worth, whoever really cares, there's a very high calling to someone who purposes to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.